everybody and welcome to words images and worlds another episode and we're featuring an author and i think we could say comics historian comics curator sure. um <laughs> yeah i think all of those things work um so thank you for joining me andrew farrago yeah thanks for the invitation yeah, absolutely. As you mentioned before we started recording, you and I have been connected on social media for quite a while. I think we're both comics fans, comics fanatics, um, really enjoy the medium. And so my first question for you is a little bit of that history of how you connected with the world of comics. Yeah, um, you know, it, it feels feels like it's a pretty common origin story, but um you know, Peanuts is one of my first favorite comic strips. I think it still is. And I was introduced to that through a combination of the TV specials, the um, newspaper comics, and the collected editions. So those little Peanuts paperbacks that from the mid-50s onward were just everywhere so my um older siblings had them around the house and i read them until they fell apart uh so it was really it's really interesting because i was reading the classic early 50s uh peanut strips where charlie brown was kind of more of a, a rascal troublemaker type mm -hmm. and really related to the um how he appeared in things like it's the great pumpkin, Charlie Brown and Mary Chris and uh, Charlie Brown Christmas. Um, the more, the more melancholy um, downbeat kind of a character. And at the same time, it was the early 1980s that I was, um, you know, really learning how to read on my own and just, and just fell in love with the newspaper comics page. Um, so between that and, you know, everybody, everybody, uh, everybody loves the stuff that they grew up with. And for me, it was, it was that it was super friends on TV. It was the Adam West Batman, um, show in syndication. Um, and just kind of, you know, you take for granted that you have access to absolutely everything now, but back then it was, um, yeah, it was just, there's just, and, and you know, and this, this is what turned me into a comics historian at an early age was, uh, getting all this new 1980s content, but having, um, cartoons like Rocky and Bullwinkle from the late fifties or early sixties and having, um, eventually figuring out that these Bugs Bunny cartoons were making references to um, the things that things that were current events when my dad was uh, a kid. So it's, um, yeah, yeah. So very, very early on, I wanted to know the stories behind these comics and cartoons and who, who were the people that made these things happen and how could I, how could I get to be part of that so that's that's just that's just baked into my comics dna going way back yeah i love how comics play a role in so many people's reading lives and i think they haven't gotten their due i'm sure they haven't gotten their due i think they've been overlooked in a lot of ways 
And I also love what you said there about, you know, our, our immediate access to all sorts of media now. Uh, but when you and I were growing up, it was foraging and in, in like a forest basically. And, you know, you might turn that dial um, at the same bat time, but if you weren't, you know, catching that schedule or whatever it happened to be, you were just uh, looking for something to connect with in the world of, of fandom. Um, so it's a, it's a real advantage to viewers and readers now. Yeah, it's it's wild to, um, you know, actually just I, I, when I look at my um, son's comic bookshelf at home and you know, just what one eight-year-old has, has accumulated, um, you know, and that absolutely dwarfs what my public library and school library combined had from my childhood through high school. Uh, and it's, it's actually, it's been really fun actually going back to my hometown and seeing, um, seeing my own books on the shelves there, but seeing um, cart after cart of manga that all the, all the local kids um, are checking out and reading cover to cover and just um, so many shelves of graphic novels. And that those are, um, yeah, I'll say that the librarians have been at the, the forefront of this movement and they, they get it and they know this is this is what young readers want. This is what kids and teens want. And if you put that in there, you give them access to it. This um, this makes them people who who see reading as fun, see it as something that um, you know is is a great way to spend your time and um, you know getting igniting igniting that um, lifelong passion for reading and you, you've got to do it. You got to hook them at the <laughs> hook them at that very young age. And that's, that's such a great thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned um, some of your authoring, so we can kind of go there next. What, what have comics opened up for you in opportunities as an author, as far as creative venues and, and ways to share some work with the world? Yeah. Um, so many so yeah in my in my capacity as a curator at the cartoon art museum i'm also in charge of our collection um here our big our archive and um uh inside editions who has a and their their publishing headquarters is here in the the east bay uh of california so they're over in san rafael and uh one of our um yeah collect a collector i knew who's a who was also a former museum board member put them in touch with me because uh they wanted to know what was in our collection and if we might be able to help um with a little bit of research on one of their uh books at the at the time it was the um the hanna barbera treasury so they were looking for animation cells drawings like any interesting artwork that hadn't been uncovered. So I helped with that and, and um, uh, headed off with uh, Kevin Toyama, who is the editor in charge of um, the animation books over there at the time. And not long after he, he 
told me, hey, we're putting the we're putting together this book of essays, these these appreciations of classic Looney Tunes, and would you be interested in writing for that? So that was her book called The Hundred Greatest Looney Tunes. And I said, Yeah, you know, I I write. Um I'd already get I'd already had a considerable considerable amount of experience writing exhibition text and basically doing exa doing exactly what he wanted me to do for that book, which is kind of translate my knowledge and enthusiasm for this subject into something that um, you could just, you could just stumble upon or pull off a bookshelf or um, discover. So that was, that's been part of my job description and, and skill set for a long time. So I did that and that went well enough that he invited me to write a book called the Looney Tunes treasury, um, which was, pretty fun experiment. It was, it was, it was kind of a history of the Looney Tunes, but it was as told by the characters. So I had to get into um, the characters and figure out their voices and figure out, you know, how, how would I narrate this story firsthand as Bugs Bunny or Daffy Duck or Foghorn Leghorn. And, you know, that, that involved all kinds of serious research, which was sitting on the couch with my DVD player and, watching cartoons and just taking frantic notes about, about, um, you know, this is, this is a good Daffy Duck line. I have to make sure I put that into, <laughs> um, into this. And then, and then from there, that, that led to more work from insight and occasionally a few other publishers. Um, and generally, you know, generally it's always been, uh, you know, a side project, but it's one that complements the work that I do here um, at the Cartoon Art Museum. So for the most part, I'll say um, I'll take I'll take these assignments, as, I'll take these <laughs> books as they come to me. So you, typically that involves a publisher um, acquiring a license. So that means they're working with Warner Brothers or Nickelodeon or, or Disney. Um, and have permission to do uh, a history book or biography of some kind. And then um, the editor will call me up and I'll make a pitch for that book. If it's, if it's something I think is going to be a good fit. So I have, um, I will, I will occasionally um, not take, not take or not even pitch for something if it's if it's something where I'm not really a fan or not familiar enough with it if I'm uh, if I know I'm starting from um, scratch on a on a project I usually won't take it on if I if I know I'm I'm gonna have to watch 30 seasons of uh, television and read the fanfic and track down the comics and do all that but if it's something like Batman where I've got um pretty a pretty strong working knowledge of the character going all the way back then um yeah then then yeah that's the that's the type of um research project I can dive into that one that one almost um <laughs> that one almost broke me that was that was uh, one of the uh most fun but definitely most challenging um projects was the um batman definitive history <laughs> one of my favorites though definitely oh, yeah. one of my favorites of yours 
Yeah, that was um, that was for the character's 80th anniversary um, mm -hmm. in 2019, and I, my editor Chris Prince, who I worked who I'd worked with on a few books before, said, "Yeah, so this isn't going to just be the comics. It's not going to just be the movies. It's going to be everything." And I, I at the time said, "Okay, that sounds that sounds fun, and I can do it." And uh, it turned into this project that encompassed. Uh, more than 150 interviews and reading literally thousands of comic books, watching um, hundreds of hours of uh, television and movies. And, you know, toward the, toward the end, so we could keep the book on schedule, we actually brought in a, a very talented uh, writer named Gina McIntyre, who... Uh, was able to turn some of my interviews into chapters on um, she she handled a lot of the live action mm -hmm. material uh, so she she was able to come in and do some supplemental interviews because we uh, we didn't realize until pretty far along in the game that this was this was too much for one person uh, yeah. to do in the in the time frame that we had so if I if I'd had another year maybe it would have been a different. <laughs> different story but um yeah and it, it's I've, I've told people like it's that much that much research that much um study on that subject I had to either write a write a 400 page book or become a Batman villain and I <laughs> flipped a coin and it came up on the the non the non-scarred side so I said yeah let's let's write a book <laughs> yep yep <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, and I know the value of spending time to research something you love, but that's that's a very expansive uh, world. So you can see how that was quite yeah. a lot. And every every book that I do, I um, again, it is it is the methodical Batman villain approach where I do kind of over research. I do, um, you know, and I, I want to leave no stone unturned, and I want to interview. Uh, every possible person that I can and that's that's been that's been incredibly fun but it's uh it's it's the kind of thing if I drive <laughs> drives my editors crazy because I'll be I'll be reassuring them like I'm, I haven't written anything yet but I have you know 60 hours of interviews that I'm transcribing right now and it'll it'll all be worth it when it comes together so I can get those get that perfect quote, that perfect story, make sure that I have the timeline here. Um, Cause in, in some cases, in some cases, I'm the first person to write about some of these subjects or in some cases I may be, um, you know, I've, I've been writing too many sadly uh, obituaries for um, venues like the comics journal Lately, so in some cases, I feel like I may I may be the last person to write about um, this artist or this historian or this um, this this important person, and I want to make sure that um, we get those stories down, that we get them down uh, correctly and in a way that does them justice, in a way that's going to be um, interesting and accessible to people. So that's. Um, yeah, that's, that's my, 
that's my role. That's that's my <laughs> that's what I do. really cool work and I mean there have been there really have been a lot of some of the big names that I grew up with um, seeing on the masthead of comics that have passed away recently so so good to preserve those It's, names and stories it's, I, I don't, it take, it, I don't realize it that often, but every once in a while I look back and realize I've known, I've known, I've known some of these people for 20 years or, or more at this point. And, um, you know, the people who, um, whose names we grew up, uh, just seeing in the newspaper, seeing in the comic books, um, you know, who, We were like looking back, it's like, yes, that guy was active in the, you know, for decades before I was born. So he was getting up there. Al Jaffe just passed away. Uh, Yeah, I saw that. Very recently at the age of 102. And we were, um, it says, it says something about him and his character that his, um, you know, his, his friends were still surprised that this, happened that somebody who was um past the century mark we just we all just kind of took for granted oh he'll be he'll be around for another you know we need to we need to figure out how to fit 130 candles onto a birthday cake because that's <laughs> that's the kind of presence that he had Yeah. Um, so I'll also mention one of the other titles that you've done that really connects with me as far as a fan too. And that's totally awesome. The eighties the cartoon um, compendium is, is what I'll call it. I can't remember the, the exact subtitle, but uh, another one of your works that is well worth the visit. That one, that one was so much fun. Um, I think, yeah, I think it's, I think it's still, uh, it hasn't, it has, I don't think it's been reprinted, but I think it's still readily available from uh, the publisher and online. So track, track it down now before it goes out of print and triples in price. But uh, that one was, a that one was so much fun. That one, um, again, I'd written a book on, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and the editor Chris Prince, who I mentioned earlier, said, "Okay, how about how about?" Um, he said that was a that was a really fun chapter of the book on the on the eighties turtles cartoon. How about doing one that's, um, you know, broader broader than that? Just just your favorite eighties cartoons, and that was favorite was a big part of it because I wanted to, um. You know, if I was going to spend the time doing the research and uh, tracking people down and, and calling them and transcribing and doing all this, uh, tracking down artwork, if I was going to do all of that, I wanted it to be um, my favorite cartoons, my favorite stuff that I saw, you know, with the, with, um, you know, making sure that it wasn't just action figures, that it wasn't just, um you know, the, the zanier, funnier stuff, like having a nice um, mix. It's kind of, yeah, kind of kind of like putting a mixtape together, making sure, um, yes, you have G.I. Joe and Transformers on there, but you have Jem and the Smurfs and the Muppet Babies to kind of balance that out. Um, but yeah, it was fun. And I didn't, I didn't have to write about anything that I did not actually 
watch and enjoy <laughs> in the 1980s, which was, um, which was really nice. I, my initial list that I presented to my editor was probably two or three times as long. And I'm, I'm surprised that I ever got out of the house as a kid because I don't know how I watched this much TV <laughs> and still, still had time to go outside and play and, and have a, um, you know, a pretty fun childhood <laughs> on top of that. But, um, yeah, the, um, we, we went back and forth. I wrote about some cartoons that sadly we couldn't get the licensing rights, um, uh, to include those in the book. So I, I've got a couple of lost chapters that I, I need to shop around and figure out what to do with. But the the ones I did get to write about it was I just had such an amazing time calling people and writing to people and having um, you know so many of my favorite voice actors just talk to me on the phone and um, getting to hear um, yeah again uh, Rusi Taylor who was Gonzo in the Muppet Babies and uh, Huey Dewey and Louie on Ducktales and martin prince on the simpsons she um you know she was incredible we had a very fun time on the phone and um you know she even graciously wrote the introduction for that book and i'm, I'm forever grateful for that um but it was yeah it's it's um you know it's it's been it's been really uh enjoyable being able to indulge my own fandom like this that knowing nothing that i grew up with is <laughs> is off limits if i want to uh you know someday figure out um you know how i can i don't i don't know i don't know if there is anything i grew up with that i haven't um dealt with on some professional level at this point which Ooh. is um which is which is incredibly cool. Like I, I look at my DVD shelf, I look at my comic book long boxes, and um, you know, there's there there are not that many degrees of separation between me and those things, which is which is pretty exciting. Yeah, yeah, rewarding for you as the fan, but also rewarding for like the fandom community as well that can be introduced to it and be part of it. Um, before I ask about the Cartoon Art Museum, I also want to just give uh, an acknowledgement that you were talking about transcribing and that alone. I mean, forget tracking people down, uh, interviewing people and doing all of the other legwork that you do for your uh, research. Um, transcribing is no joke. So, um, I mean, I enjoy it from the perspective of having my hands on it but it is really, it's quite a bit of time. Yeah. I'm, I'm working on um, my next book right now. And that's um, <laughs> I, again, I feel, I feel conflicted. It's great now actually uh, that we have zoom technology. So I'm able to do um, these face-to-face -face video calls with people and it's um you know, I've had to I've had to sadly retire my Radio Shack tape recorder that I have plugged into my landline phone. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> but it's nice having a digital record. It's nice having um, 
having all this together in one place, but um, it's 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 this it's this funny thing where I'll be talking to someone and we're having a great conversation and we're going on for an hour about this about whatever particular subject I'm asking about, and uh, you know it's like this is great, but it's gonna <laughs> it's gonna take me a long time to mm -hmm. uh, an hour call maybe a two hour commitment to um transcribing and typing there are there are some programs that i've used and i've tried those the um uh but they are you know there's <laughs> they, they i think they they uh some of them are fairly expensive the ones that are not expensive are not always accurate and even the um so th those I've tried, but I've spent as much time going in and cleaning up transcripts as I have had, um, uh, as I, as I would have spent actually typing. So it's, you know, it's kind of a, kind of a tough call on that. I feel that. I totally feel that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so final question and we can, we can add anything that you'd like, but I do want to make sure that we talk about the cartoon art museum and is it open to the public? Can people come and visit and um, see the exhibits? Yes, people should absolutely, <laughs> absolutely visit. Uh, if you go, if you visit cartoonart.org, uh, that's a full list of our, um, that's got our exhibitions and programming on our full calendar, but we are open uh, six days a week, closed on Wednesdays. Uh, and that's, that's a, work from home day for us and it lets the uh <laughs> um you know most 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 museums this is this is some behind the scenes stuff but most museums have at least one day of the week where they're close to the public and that's um staffing reasons it's a day to catch up on admin and over schedule meetings and things and um not have to uh keep up on all the the day-to-day -day things that you need when you have the museum open but yes we're we're open we're in san francisco we are uh right next to ghirardelli square so it's a really beautiful area of san francisco one of the one of the most beautiful areas so you can come out and um get some get some chocolate look out on the bay dip your dip your toes in the water on the beach if it's a nice day and then uh, dry dry your feet off before you come over to the museum but uh yeah we always have a full uh full exhibition calendar so right now it's um jeffrey brown's newest book thor and loki oh yeah yeah really fun book done in the style of his darth vader and son um mm -hmm. uh, books which were uh were kind of a uh blockbuster uh for um chronicle books another local publisher they're here in san francisco uh, but we've also got an exhibition called Fight with Art, and that's six uh, Ukrainian women cartoonists, so contemporary cartoons from Ukraine. Uh, and then we've got some historical uh, artwork from our permanent collection, both the animation side and then the, um, as a complement to our Thor and Loki exhibition, we've got some really cool Marvel comics uh, art going back to the... Um, I think the the mid seventies is the oldest stuff that I have on display in this particular lineup. But you can see Defenders, you can see the 
early '90s Guardian of the Galaxy, Guardians of the Galaxy comics. Um, so fun, fun stuff. I you know I hope that people. Um, and it's it's one of, one of the things I do here is I try to have a balance of, um, you know, try try to try to represent all these different uh, parts of the cartooning and comics world. So if you come in, um, because you're a Jeffrey Brown fan, then hopefully you'll you'll see the Ukrainian women cartoonists and and take something away from that. If you come in to see Edward Gorey, uh maybe you will also enjoy Maggie Ram, who is our um, current emerging artists um, showcase. And that's, that's, um, that's one of my favorite things that we do is that we have in addition to these um, popular artists who have these, these international followings, we, we always, uh, we always make room for local artists, up and coming talent, people who, um, might have a new book out that we think people should know about. Um, but yeah, there's, there's, uh, so much, so much great stuff out there. So much great stuff coming up all the time. So much history to explore that it's, yeah, it's, 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 uh, <laughs> One of one of those th one of those things. Like when I said, I, I don't know how I ever got outside to play when I was a kid. Like I don't know how I'm ever not um, uh, doing stuff with comics and cartoons. It's just, <laughs> just it, it never stops. Yeah, it's a, it's expansive, and I love that um, the museum features such a breadth of material, and I love that idea of shining a light on creators that are upcoming. So it's not just those that have been established and those that are in sort of the hall of fame, but the, the people that will one day be. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. And we, you know, and we do, um, we do cartooning classes. So we do week long, um, you know, week long cartoon camps during the summer and during the winter breaks. And we do Saturday afternoon cartooning classes once a month. And we frequently have, school groups coming to visit us or us going out to um, talk at schools. I feel like I did three career days in the last um, month or so after, after a few years off from doing that. And uh, that's, that's a huge part of what we do too, is we want to, uh, we want to energize and, you know, educate the next generation to make sure that um yeah make make sure make sure people are <laughs> um you know know the history but also are creating their own so that's that's uh that's an exciting thing well well thank you for the work that you do and we'll be sure and link the uh site for the museum in the description on the podcast and thank you so much also for taking the time to to meet with me and talk with me. As we mentioned at the outset, we've been connected for a while, but it's nice to to meet in virtual space to talk. <laughs> Same with here. You. Yeah, thanks so much. And uh, yeah, keep keep doing what you did too. <laughs> we try, we try. I enjoy it. So I don't, I don't plan on stopping anytime soon. So. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Okay, thanks so much.